welcome to the trio of positivity podcasts the podcast where we scan the chicago landscape to bring positivity into your life we appreciate you joining us today hope you're having a great day i'm your host boo pen joined as always by my fellow positive brigade members and co-hosts of this program chris and miller boys how we doing Today's a freaking wonderful day, baby. Let's go. Bringing the energy I'm just up in here. here. <laughs> I'm just here drinking my beer. He's just here so he doesn't get fined. Uh, that's okay. Basically. Uh, thank- All right. Well, boys and girls, we got a beautiful episode for you today. Before we get started, let's do the social plug. Get it out of the way, right? You can find us on Facebook. Under Trio Positivity Podcast at Twitter X, we are at Trio Positivity, and check out the new website triopositivity.com, where we are working on blogs, more content for you to interact with us, or to come on that. But in today's episode, we will discuss the MLB with a focus on our local hometown teams, the Madhouse and Madison update. I know Miller cannot wait for that. We'll do our regular fantasy football segment. And finish it off with the Thursday night preview of Carolina at Bears. Let's find some positivity here, boys. You guys ready? I'm ready, baby. I got so uh, much positivity flowing through these veins. All right. Talking <laughs> about positivity, let's bring CJ up in the center. CJ, you wanted to talk baseball, buddy. What you got for us? Who's CJ again? The producer, damn it. Yeah. God and Jesus. All right. Well, the World Series is finally over. Texas finally. won four to one, um, beating the Diamondbacks. But the reason we care about it is because as soon as that game was over, MLB free agency technically began. It says here to start talking about the Cubs. I don't want to. We're going to talk about the Sox first. We <laughs> didn't read the agenda. <laughs> So, obviously, one of the big noises that was made by the White Sox is that Tim Anderson opted out, um, which I think that's probably a smart call. I think the Um, team opted opted out. Yeah, the Mm -hmm. team opted out. Whoever wrote this agenda is an idiot. Um, (laughs) Mike Clevenger was the one that actually opted out, which I think was the biggest uh, surprise for the White Sox. However, the White Sox continue to give more surprises. They've decided to retain their coach. Uh, Can we Pedro talk Griffal. about the first two instead of reading every fucking bullet point? I mean, we also, can, also, can the a... Sox fan fucking chime in or the Cubs no, fans get taken? No, not yet. I'm not done okay. reading. Okay. Um, they also decided to keep their in-house GM to kind of have some consistency, keep, quote unquote. Keep. They literally hired him. Retain him. They didn't keep. go out. They didn't go outside there. They hired him like yes. Okay. Um couple of things, right? I Tim well, Tim Anderson. Reading. Oh my the god. The team is fully on rebuild mode. And there is a couple of so-called moves expected. So now go ahead, the White Sox fan can speak. Okay, thank you so much for the You're opportunity welcome. to speak. Actually, I'm not done reading. <laughs> uh, no, I'm kidding. Go ahead. Um no, but like uh Tim Anderson, right? From the Field of Dreams game where he hit the walk-off homer to 
what a year, right? On the field, off the field. He had a lot going on. It looks like he still had friends in the clubhouse, it seems. A lot of the blogs and posts I read was like mostly like, you know, hopefully he figures out his stuff and, you know, he can be a role player in some teams. But um, I don't know. After the the way the things ended with him, with the altercation in the locker room, you knew this was probably a move that, that was going to happen. Uh, Clevenger, which is the weird okay, one. Okay. I have to say that Tim Anderson's downfall is probably one of the biggest ones in the city of Chicago that I can think of of record. I mean, come on, don't give me that look. After that Field of Dreams game, he was talked about as the up-and-coming superstar in this league. And over over the next two years, he proceeds to bottom out of the organization to the point where he doesn't even his contract doesn't even get picked up. Like, I don't recall very many players that have fallen that hard on their face. Maybe Addison Russell, but that's what I was going to say. Major off the field stuff as well. I was actually going to say Addison Russell because even after all of that, I don't think he was never like the face of the Cubs organization. No, but he was. He was. He was. was Yeah, he was. He was highly touted. Yeah, he was thought to be at the beginning. He never lived up to his expectations. Yeah, I was thinking Javi. I was thinking Javi. Javi Baez too. Like that's different since he was traded. The thing is too, like if we're trying to compare from other uh, other teams, the Cubs already won. So it's like anything that happened after 2016 with the face of the team, it was always Rizzo, and then it was a trickle down effect with everyone else. Like Bryant, Rizzo, and then and once you start trading those pieces away, it. You can't necessarily say who the next person is going to be because we Miller and I, we knew it was pretty obvious that they were going to go in full rebuild mode at, at that point. Yeah, but I one just thing that, that I will say... Because Tim Anderson was such a staple of that organization for a little while. He was so but good. But the team didn't do anything. The team didn't do anything. Like They were, just, I, I they were high expectations. Say, I did want to say that if he did well, it was usually like the team winning. Like team yes. would do well too. They would rally around him. And if he had a poor at bat, like usually meant White Sox sucked too. So there was something there. Very sad to for it to end this way, but with the way the year ended, I think it was probably a move that was coming. Um another move, kind of surprising. I don't know. He was probably our best pitcher by the end of the year, Mike Clevenger. Supposedly the White Sox have not even reached out to him. He opted out. I don't um, think that's that big of news. I mean he was your fifth starter. We don't we don't have any starters. They don't like, have uh, any starters. Well, he's traded everybody, but Bobin's, he's not like Bobin's good. taking all my slant uh my slander against the White Sox I right know. now. But it's I was I was telling Miller before this. We talked are... about this though. We talked about this wait when um during the season and a little bit after when you were giving the after the firing and all of that, like all the stuff that was happening, we kinda talked about it. We said we don't know what's gonna happen in the off season. We don't know who's gonna wanna stay, who's gonna wanna go. It's very obvious with some of the moves that is happening right now that some people just don't want to stay. I mean, we're going to transition that into the next conversation with the Cubs because Miller and I are going to have opposite views here. Um, But it's becoming very clear that even with Anderson, who is going to turn 31, 30 or 31, he's in his 30s at that point. like he's 20 something, I think. He's pretty young. Yeah. He's 27. I think think you guys might be wrong there, but... Just to kind of continue the the trend on that, I think a lot of negativity towards that towards the end um, did kind of seal it. 
But again, the White Sox weren't 30. even. Yeah, there you go. Same. Um, but the White Sox, you're wrong again there, Miller. Uh, the White Sox didn't really compete, and so because you, so I didn't want to they bring it up. Compete, yeah, but if the White Sox, Boopin, if the White Sox were competing and Anderson was productive, I'm assuming you guys keep the year for value, right? Yeah, um, I'm, I'm, I'm like, again, I think the way things ended was why we got here. You cannot get into a fight yeah. with another player on the team and stay on the team, right? So I think that's what it was. But before you head to the Cubs, I want to say two quick two quick things. I was oh, talking. Just to- want to point out, but you can keep the coach that allowed the confrontation in the locker room. That I mean, obviously, that's just a great person Miller, that can really control that locker room. Thank you for looking into my point. So the yeah. unpopular decision with this new regime has been keeping the coach. Uh, but my my again, I I have a tendency to see the silver lining my uh, take on it is they have an in-house gm and keeping pedro the coach there gives them that consistency so they can challenge and address the issues from last year they know the issues better than anyone but the other part of keeping the coach here is i think the teams are, is not going to be relevant next year they'll they're ex- projected to be one of the worst teams in majors next year um so i think expect some moves in the beginning of the year Mancaeda, Jim Jimenez, like, I don't know. I, I don't know if they will be in the team long term. I think Lewis Roberts and Dylan Cease will be the pillars and we'll start rebuilding, retooling. Uh, question question for you. Cease. Question for you, though, Bupin. Yes, sir. It, is the coach capable of making decisions with the GM to keep players or are you keeping that all with the GM? He, the coach likes to kiss some booty. <laughs> Yes, but that's not the question because this is something that happened with David Ross and it's going to get into our conversation. So that's why I'm asking. Yeah. Do you feel comfortable with the coach being the one to make certain decisions about the players if the GM might want something else? I, I'm I, saying he doesn't make decisions. He's yeah, an ass kisser. I, I, I think the coach is, I don't know, he's on the team basically because they didn't want more dysfunction in the team. I think he probably stays as a coach. Most of this year, he's gone next year. They bring a new coach and starting to contend, um, you know, starting being relevant starting next year is my take. All right. He has well, no unique opinions as an individual. He says and does everything upper management wants him to do. We don't 100% know that. Being very we honest, we don't. Did we you don't. not watch There's- the presser? I watched the presser, but even I told Chris Gates came out and said, I don't like this team. And then Pedro Gafold came out and said, I don't like this team. <laughs> um, but I mean, it's kind of the same thing what we were talking about with the bears and having press conferences there. I mean, I, there's certain things you do and don't say to the press. The white Sox are, are a different story. They, they had a bad year, like mm-hmm. from week one. So it's, it's different. So, We'll talk more about that in the future. I think we'll see some updates with uh, the winter meetings coming up. But for the moment, everyone's been waiting for. We are now going to talk about the Cubs. We're going to start with the quick hitters. Stroman and Bellinger have both opted out. Bellinger is already getting possible uh, locations as the Yankees. I haven't heard anything on Stroman yet. Um, But the biggest news out of it is the Cubs signed Craig Council to a record-breaking five-year, forty-plus million-dollar contract. No, it's forty. Ex- it's forty-plus. Do the cheering. The final number has not been confirmed Shh. as of yet. Raw, 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 raw. Someone seems to be seems to be happy about it. We'll talk Fifth more highest, about that in a little bit. 
fifth highest paid coach in all of sports. Uh, according to this agenda, it's a new era in Chicago um, and that there should be some aggressiveness going into free agency. And now the one bullet point that we definitely need to talk about is that the Cubs are projected to be the most Why aggressive team. Why are you team. reading things verbatim? Because I want to really get right into this the freaking whole thing. No, it doesn't. Yes, it the does. Cubs are projected to be the most aggressive team for Shohei Otani. The sweeps, the sweepstakes for Shohei Otani. Okay, Miller, most you aggressive. Start with... Wait, wait, hang on. Most aggressive. That That's... seems a little. Oh, Murray. That's thank you. Okay, well, go, well, that, go read uh, MLB.com then because it's right there plastered. I don't uh, know what you want to start wait, 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 with. Wait, even though he's not supposed to pitch next year, he's you guys will be. Mo- he's still I a guy. Love you, Boopin. I love you because there's going to be certain conversations we're going to have about that. But go ahead, mother. Okay, okay. What do you want to talk about first? Since you just you- read everything that we're going to talk about. <laughs> uh, do you want to talk about Stroman and Bellinger opting out first, or do you want to go straight to council? Um, Bellinger was pretty much. We knew that. Knew that was going to happen. Yep. Stroman was a little surprising. Stroman surprised um, me. He had a very good first half of the year and very bad second half of the year, including an injury. Um, so it was projected that he was going to sign because I think the Cubs were paying him over $20 million next year. So there was a lot of skepticism that he would get that outside of the organization because of the year he had. But apparently he thinks he will. I don't necessarily think Stroman is a loss per se. I, I think while he pitched really well in the beginning and he pitched number one worthy, he showed in the back half why he's been pretty inconsistent as a pitcher. So if we can use that money that we're saving on him to get somebody else of his caliber or even even higher than him, a true number one, um, then that would be more beneficial. Um, Bob Nightingale from USA Today basically says, quote, the Chicago Cubs say they don't have any intention to bring back Marcus Stroman after he declined his $21 million option in 2024. Which, if they're butthurt about Stroman, I get it. But at the same time, it's... I don't think they're butthurt. They just I, saw the writing on the wall, dude. But, but then that kind of goes against the whole... Like, I mean, obviously we picked up the options on Kyle Hendricks. I, I guess they, they see... Something I, I think uh, Jan Gomes is also uh, picked up. The one thing that I don't get is in talking about the new coach that's coming in. Stroman would have been the key piece, I think, that if you kept and then possibly traded him during during the season as as trying to build up with. Why are you trading any? Why are you having the goal of trading somebody in the middle of the season? You are literally trying to be a contender. Why are you going to sit here and we are trade not, him? Okay, we are not a contender. Do not start. I, I don't Do understand. Do you honestly think that because we brought in council, we're a contender? A playoff contender? We were a playoff that's, contender that's last contender. year. How are you going to sit here and oh say God. we're not going to be? Now, keep in mind. You don't say you're a playoff contender. You say you're a World Series contender. You don't say you're a playoff contender. What if we talked Every about team- Every team in the MLB for the first game what did is, the Arizona is a playoff contender. Just do. They got into the playoffs and they made it to the World Series as right. a wild card. I right. mean, things. The baseball playoffs is one of the streakiest playoffs in in sports. If you make it, you have a chance at getting to the World Series. The bottom line is the Cubs were 
games away from getting to the playoffs and almost taking the diamonds back diamond back spot. Obviously that doesn't mean they would have done what they did, but they had, they were right there to do it. So do you want to God damn it. You hang, on, hang, hang on, hang on. I, I want to learn from Chris, like all year you've been very high on them, rating them eights and nines on the positive score. Yep. What, what have they done in your opinion, that does not make them uh, like a legit team next year, like a t- upper echelon team next year. Essentially, if if you if you looked at the team, you can tell that David Ross had made some moves that people were not happy with. It's ob- it's pretty obvious, especially towards the last the last month of the season when we went on our downstretch. Everything else, though, that David Ross was doing was helping the team win. What I don't yeah. like. Not in the is, beginning. But, not in the beginning, okay. but towards like, like what I'm, I'm saying. Like talks about this during the year. We have, we have. There were there were things that we were happy with. We even said that if the Cubs made the playoffs, I wouldn't be surprised if David Ross would win Manager of the Year. I even said that. Now, here's the reason why I don't like the council signing. If we're gonna start paying a coach five years, forty million for a team that's on the fringe of the playoffs, that's what I'll say on the fringe of the playoffs. There is no guarantee that the team is going to spend money to become a contender. We haven't seen it in the past five years. If they're willing to spend money on a coach, why would they not spend on a team? Because there's a lot of things that they would have done already to then bring the coach. When Joe Madden was brought in, the team was already built and pieces were already brought in. When Joe Madden was then signed, there were one or two signings that helped it get over the hump. That's I don't necessarily think that's true. We had a bunch of young players coming up. They weren't proven yet. KB we, wasn't proven. Baez wasn't proven. Addison wasn't proven when, when Madden came in. They, he, that's, that was his first year. When Madden came in and the Cubs went to the wild card in Pittsburgh and they won that and they won the NLCS, that was Not Madden's first NLCS. year. They didn't win or the NLCS. Going to, going to the NLCS they against lost. the Mets. Right. That was... Who, whose first year was that? I think that, that was, was most the majorities of the, that was the, team, the young year. guys. But that was yes. Madden's first year, right? Yeah, maybe. I don't remember exactly. But what I'm saying is all those pieces that you had talked about were brought up beforehand. Is that true? What? They came up... I don't remember KB being involved in this team before Madden was. He was he was brought up the same year Madden was there. I believe. Okay, so it was the same year. So I don't but know what he you're was already in the about. system. Okay, so players is were Pico already in the Armstrong. System. So is very many pitchers in our organization. They were all so in our, the system. And that, so that goes back to what I'm saying. So what you're telling me then is we are not going to be building based on our farm system. We're going to go full set, full send and free agency. What are you talking about? How did I say that? I just told you that we have multiple pieces in our farm system that are ready to come up. Right. But to be competitive right away? We did that with Madden. You just literally said that. And now you're going to question what the Cubs are doing? I mean, the bottom line is, to get to my point, the story came out about Shohei Otani that the Cubs are going to be the most aggressive team. I am not going to sit here and say that I think the Cubs will get them because, honestly, from all the reports I've heard, it's probably going to be a West Coast team because of his wife's relationship with going back and forth from Japan. So I don't think it's going to happen. But the fact that there are reports out there showing that they're going to be aggressive and the fact that they just paid this 
Craig Council as much money as they did, that screams to me that they're going to spend money in free agency. Now, are they going to get Bellinger back? Maybe not because he may request too much, but I think they're going to get a few fish, um, in, including the fact that they're going to bring up a lot of their young players to start making a push. Does that mean we're going to win the World Series this first year? No, but we already have a few stable pieces in this organization already. So if we get who? some to replace who? Yeah, Dansby? Who? Hap, we have Suzuki just off the top of my head. Weren't we you still bitching have... about Suzuki the whole time when he was here too? He got hot. What can I say? We still I mean, have our so we still like, have our starting pitcher who is the number one that's I'm blanking on right now. But like he's he pitched lights out. I mean, we have pieces. Like your coach, Council, has a track record in the last five years playing against you. He gets a lot out of those not so superstar names, and he gets them to pitch well, like play well, like and win. Have been, and they win. win. Brewers, I was going to say Brewers have been consistently winning. That's why he's brought here. So I can be a hater and say that it's going to suck. How many times did he win in the playoffs? Well, he got to his first Great. time Getting in the there playoffs. Is fantastic. How many times did he win he there? He got to the NLCS. So his overall record is seven and twelve in the playoffs. So, and how many times did they get past? So they got past the the either the wild card or the division once. Once, yes. Out of how many? And times? they made it five of the last six years. Okay, once out of how five many of times? his nine years. So, so let's uh, talk about other his, things. That wait, you, wait, wait! Hold on! No, no, no! Why are you skipping through? So once out of how many times did he lose? So in once out the of wild, six. Once out of six. Passed. So and that's and that's the guy that will get us well, over. Let's the hump. talk about the important things, right? Got it. You talk about the Cubs spending money, right? That's a big thing. You want the Cubs to spend money. You know what the Cubs have been over the last four seasons, as far as the payroll is concerned: eleventh, fourteenth, fourteenth, and third. You know what the Brewers have been: nineteenth, 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 and twenty-third. The mm-hmm. Brewers do not spend money, and mm-hmm. as you've pointed out. The Cubs have not spent a lot of money, and mm-hmm. they are expected to. So that means the Cubs have a shot to be top 10, maybe top 5 in spending over these next few years. They should be. Will they? Maybe not. So that's, if you, That's if, the part that pisses me off about the Cubs, though. But yeah, I mean, I understand. There is no consistency in the back end. If you want to bring in the coach because he's the guy to bring us over the hump, great. We haven't shown it in free agency. No true free agent has wanted to come here. We got lucky with Dansby. Let's be honest. He was the second best, right? Okay. How do you say no true free agent? What are you even talking about? I don't, I don't, I just, in in my opinion, I don't see the Cubs. I, I honestly, you know what I think too? I think the Cubs are like, yo, this council guy, he gets cheap players to You're perform really well. You're not answering my question. Well, I'm. You didn't answer I mean, my previous question, Dan so I can B. drag Swanson this one out. came here. You can say what you want, but he was the best shortstop last year. Yeah, but he wasn't the bunch. top free agent. No, he wasn't. But he was yeah. the best shortstop last year out of those four players. Dansby Swanson was probably the best. You could Suzuki came to us, and that was a huge signing. Now and he then says you it's have a huge signing. Do you hear him booping? Now it he, was a he huge was, signing at the time. He, he, he was a hometown guy too, so he was probably gonna come. But nope, like. Point, hometown point. guy? What wasn't Dansby. Dansby. His wife was here. He wasn't from here. 
His wife played for the soccer team. I'm just saying we've signed free agents. So to sit here and say that we haven't is is kind of weird. We haven't spent the I, money. And that's where you can make a money. defense for David Ross, which you're not making. You're not making any defense arguments either way. But you, David Ross, they never really spent money for him. So to throw him to the curb, it's pretty sad because of the history that he has with this organization. But understand that he's not a great coach. He's a serviceable coach. And that's who he has been throughout the year. He makes mistakes. He's not a great in-game manager. And let's be honest here. The As of September, I think it was fifth, third. The Cubs had a 93% chance to make the playoffs. And they proceeded to miss the playoffs. Yeah. You cannot keep doing this and and you cannot focus on the facts and that's a here's, big fact here's the thing that you're and forgetting too, one though. of the best managers in the league multiple sources came out and have, have called him that becomes available you jump on it that's what good teams do and that's he was what they about, did. He, he was in the running to be yankees manager right Mets. and Mets, Mets manager and then he came here so here's the thing though and people tend to forget this the cubs before the trade deadline we're not projected to do any of this. The Cubs forced upper management to improve the team to try to get something into September. And that's that's the thing. It's like the, the Cubs' hands was forced. They would have probably preferred for Ross not to be successful because then they would have been able to get rid of him a lot easier. But let's not forget that he David Ross and that Cubs team was the reason that the team decided to spend. And they're like, you know what? Yeah, we see something here. Now, granted, we... We had an epic fail to get to the playoffs. I get it. But to bring someone that only made it past a series once and say, like, this is the best in-game manager because he knows how to coach cheap players. I'm sorry. I'm not for it. <laughs> That's literally what we did with Joe Madden. But woo! Joe, you can. I want you to do that some research. That is literally Miller. Tampa Go, Bay. I want you, you to know do that, right? Tampa Bay is worse some... than Milwaukee. And Miller, he, I want he you to was do, successful down I there. I want you to do research. Let me know what team, what players were actually called up in 2015. Because one thing that you're forgetting is Renteria had gotten this team to the brink. I think he even got them into the playoffs before Madden came in. If I which remember, which is right. what no, that I don't. That's which not is true. what your coach almost did. I, you I, I don't understand your arguments. You're all over the place. You're he, literally no, comparing he's it to 2015. And like, why would you oh, not want to be 2015? He's he's mad that they were in the cusp last year and the team didn't seem to care that. Yeah, much I don't understand his hate out of this move. We, I don't like it. It, it okay, just doesn't. Done. Make I don't sense. like it. Done. I know they paid okay. him a lot of money. He's the fit, but who the cares? Players... It's not like it's going towards payroll. It's literally Tom Ricketts money that, that he's using. Why? The, who the fuck gives a shit? How the much players money that were on him? the team in 2014 was uh, Rizzo, Starlin Castro. Uh, oh, Junior Lake. I actually forgot about that name. Javier Baez, Sweeney, Jorge Soler. So we already had players up. Well, we had Jake Arrieta. Jeff Samarja, Cal. So we already had these players in in 2014, and then when 2015 came, it was when Chris Bryant was called up. So that's the difference. If you're saying that your that team was close to making it, and we already had a core, that core was there. It's now. I just basically looked it up and proved it. This team currently has no core. All the players that you're talking about are in the farm system. Sorry. 
Christ! No one's saying World Series except you, Chris. You're the only one saying. No, I'm saying why year. make this move if we are not looking to do a stretch? Like we don't know what these other players in the farm system are going to bring we yet. We have one of the, probably one of the best defensive infields in the league. We had a pitcher that was competing for the Cy Young for the majority of this season. We have a left fielder that has power. We have a right fielder that is pretty decent. I don't know where you're sitting here saying that our core is complete crap. I just I don't, don't like get the core. it. I don't like the core. That's what I'm they, saying. They probably Isn't don't this like weird, you. Boopin? This hang is on. the first time we've ever heard him say this. We've been, we oh, had wait, literally an MLB segment. We don't have Bellinger and we don't have Stroman. What are you talking about? So, it's one player. Two You've players. never talked bad about so Nico Horner. You've, You've never talked bad about Dansby Swanson. But... You've never <laughs> you never talked bad about our our starting pitcher. Like, uh, where is this coming from? And now you're okay. just completely hating. Okay. I don't like it, Chris. They probably don't like you either. So we'll end it at there. Okay, more to come. Thank God, baseball season's over because I cannot do this anymore. <laughs> okay, Miller. Because you didn't talk enough in the last segment. We're going to the Madhouse and Madison update. Let us know what's happening in Madison Street. Ready for the quickest minute of your life? (laughs) That's what she said. That's what she said. Thank you. I was waiting for that. All right. The Chicago Bulls. They have been one and three over the last week. They are currently the fourth team in the fourth worst team in the East. Moving on. The Chicago Blackhawks. They have been one and one over the last week. But most importantly, Connor Bedard watch scored one goal and gotten one point from that goal in the last two games. And then moving on, unless you want to cover your part, because I don't have any information on that. Um, not, not a positive update from the Madhouse and Madison. Uh, the same coach as before that was accused of some inappropriation. Another player, unnamed player, also accused the same coach of same similar instincts, same thing. Blackhawks didn't do enough to protect the players. Uh, this is from same run in 2010 as well. So not much details out there. It's to prevent, you know, it's for privacy reasons, obviously, but just a little bit of a stain, a little bit of a dark cloud over the Blackhawks. Just wanted to bring it up. You know, not the most positive thing, but it's happening with the Blackhawks. So wanted to bring it up. And since Miller is a true NBA fan and forgot to cover the in-season tournament game that we talked about last week, the Bulls lost to the Brooklyn Nets 109-107 in Group C of the East of the in-season tournament. And if anyone's wondering, there have been no other games played in that group yet. Here's the suck. <laughs> Thank you, Miller. They literally suck. Fourth worst team in the East. Awesome. Awesome. Let's run them back, right? Arturish, let's run them back. Um, you know what? Just because you do so much hate, I'll make sure you do that segment for the rest of the year. I'll make you do it. That's you, fine. I can keep getting it shorter, too. I can get it to 30 seconds next week. <laughs> All right. Okay. Time for the fantasy corner. Hopefully, you guys caught the waiver wire video that went live on Facebook yesterday. In the early evening, late afternoon, what I wanted to cover was, you know, hopefully you're doing well. You're a top, if you're a top half team, you might want to start looking forward, right? 
the playoffs um, in fantasy is week 15 through 17. So just wanted to take a look ahead at the matchups there. I'm not telling you to pick up this quarterback and drop a number one quarterback that you have on your roster. That's not the intention here. The intention here is to look at the data, look at the matchups, and see who has a favorable matchup in case you want to have some stashes for late in the season. Um, in terms of good fantasy uh, schedule for the fantasy playoffs, Russell Wilson comes out on top. I know he's had a pretty terrible year so far, but he's playing Detroit, New England, and the Chargers. Week 15 to 17, and those matchups seem favorable to me. Another quarterback to keep an eye out for, Brock Purdy of the 49ers. He's playing Arizona, Baltimore. That's a pretty tough matchup. Um, and the last one is Washington. So two out of three is pretty favorable matchups for him. <laughs> In terms of quarterbacks that are bad, uh, Tua, very controversially Tua, who's having a great year, he seems to have a pretty tough matchup towards the end. He's playing the Jets, the Cowboys, and Baltimore. Like, I know he's had a great year so far, but if you have an option that's more favorable than that, I'll probably play him those weeks. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, that is the end of the Trio of Positivity <laughs> podcast. Thank you so much hey. for listening. Okay, I, I see what you're saying, Miller, but Jets, Dallas, and Baltimore, those look rough. I don't it care if he's... It doesn't matter. When you have the best player in the league, Get to your wide receiver segment. We can go on. Just go on to the wide receiver segment. I can't wait for it. <laughs> Trevor Lawrence uh, of the Jaguars is playing Baltimore, Tampa Bay, and Carolina as well. Two out of three worst matchups. So something looking out for. Again, yeah, I'm not saying you drop Trevor Lawrence today. I'm saying keep an eye out. Maybe have another quarterback that might have a favorable matchup there. Um, running backs that have a favorable matchup are Eckler, who plays uh, the Raiders, Buffalo, and Denver. B. John Robinson, who hasn't done much on paper, his end of season looks pretty juicy. He's playing Carolina, Colts, and the Chicago Bears. In terms of wide receivers that have a good matchup, uh, look at the Seattle uh, wide receivers, DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. They play Philly, Tennessee, and Pittsburgh. Most of the matchups are pretty favorable there. And um, Cardinals, hopefully with Kyler, uh, Marquise Brown plays San Francisco, Chicago, and Philly uh, those weeks. Uh, the best tight end to no, come. No, no, no. Let's focus on the worst wide receivers that you have on this list. Let's point out, as you just did, the Miami Dolphins, Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddell have a very tough schedule. So just be thinking that maybe should bench them that week and you should play Tyreek Hill. All right, all right. Chuck Bet. Absolute Chuck number one. Absolute number one wide receiver. Chuck Bet. Fantasy. Don't Chuck play Bet. him. Chuck Bet. Tyreek Jalen versus Metcalf Lockett. Who scores more fantasy points those weeks? Um I'll, let's just do one week. Let's just do the first week, week fifteen. Uh Hang on, let me look at the matchup. Don't okay. look at the matchups. The match- just you wrote it. You, you're just literally telling the, the, the people what to do. I don't remember all of them, but no, Miller, you're on. Chuck bet right now, you're on. Week 15, I'll take that. Okay. Um, the uh, tight end with the best matchup, I think, is Hawkinson with the Vikings. He's playing Cincy, Detroit, and Green Bay, 15, 16, and 17. Najoku on the Browns also is playing. 
uh, Chicago, Houston, and Jets. So pretty good matchup there. So again, not telling you to drop Tua today, just telling you that he has a tough end of the season. Do with that whatever you want. Yeah. That's you all need I'm to drop Tyreek Hill. That's what he's telling you. Yes, if you're in a league playing with me, please drop Tyreek right now. Thank you. <laughs> Jesus Christ, data doesn't lie, people. Skill doesn't lie. Hmm. Okay. Also, data I believe too. Hawkinson was limited in practice this week. Um. Yeah, he has been, but like you know, well, they that's got not the- end of season, Chris. Oh, We're focus on end of season. Remember, doesn't Sorry. matter. Wow, that was a lot of criticism. All right, okay. <laughs> I just okay. think it's funny that you actually have the top players in their <laughs> positions on the worst list. It's just comical right. to me. Let's see who chugs at the week fifteen. Let's just leave it at that. So that was our fantasy segment. Thank you for putting up with Miller, <laughs> interrupting me the whole segment. Um, all right. Now, probably to the most juicy part of this matchup. I'm kidding. Probably bottom dwellers matchup coming up on Thursday Night Football. The Chicago Bears, who are at 2-7, and seven, bottom of NFC North, fourth worst record in the league, takes on Carolina Panther, 1-7, and seven, bottom of NFC North, second worst team in the league, on Thursday Night Football. So, boys... Uh, where do you want to start with this? What are we looking for? What's what's exciting here? Are we all going to take a little nap during Thursday Night Football? What's I happening? Think, I think you need to give me and Chris a pitch as to why we should watch this game. I actually like that a lot. Okay, I like that. Because I don't even know if I'm planning to. I mean, so, yes, I am. I'm going to be intently watching, preparing for my for our episode that will be released on Facebook on Friday. Okay. I think one exciting thing I found out was the Bears secondary is the healthiest it's ever been this season. Um, Brisker is coming back. So we'll, we'll get the have... blue chew. This ain't working. <laughs> Isn't Stevenson out? <laughs> Tyreek? Oh, yeah. No. Is he a starter? I don't know. So all four starters well, are back. Second, I thought he's, he was out. Yeah, this Bluetooth is not hitting yet. Hold oh, he's on. able to practice in full, so he's season. I I read that the whole secondary was healthy. Um, the pe- people that have been uh, declared out um, from defense were Terrell Smith, who was a safety, I think, and Edmonds, who was a linebacker. So um, Smith I I is thought a, uh, corner corner some secondary he those are only out in terms of um you know fields was is not starting as we know bajan is gets his third start fourth third start third um, start fourth appearance uh, but hey something positive i and i think you guys will get a kick out of this remember the big trade that we did in the off season looking back today at the hall it's pretty impressive you, you guys want to do this the, the I, I do. do. I want to hear it. I want to get a so summary. Wait, are we watching this game? I'm not convinced yet. You, I can't force you to do anything, but let me tell you about this trade that we did. Okay. So Bears. Yeah, sent, it wasn't a very good elevator pitch. I, no. I thought it was a great we, pitch. But we can focus on the trade. It is It is very tough, so I'll, I'll agree with you guys there. But Bears sent their first overall pick to Carolina, which turned into Bryce Young, right? In return, Bears got the ninth pick, which turned into Darnell Wright. Pick 54 was Tyreek Stevenson. DJ Moore, 
we still have a first next year and a second the following year. So who won the trade, boys? I still, it's still, it's yet to be determined. In my yeah, opinion. it's too early to tell. Yeah. Okay. This Why is... do you think the Bears won? That's, yeah, that's yeah, what I want to okay. know. Good question. Good question. DJ Moore, probably second best player on the team right now. No, he's the best. Okay. <laughs> Thank you, Miller. I was, I was going to give you the guys. Bar a was not bit. high to be the best player in this team, True. though. True. But, but okay, you I'll finish your argument and then I'll reboot. We we have uh, we Darnell Wright uh, seems to be the right kind of player to build this team against. We are building it in the trenches, um, you know. So just right there, two stud players. I'm not gonna say Bryce Young isn't gonna be a stud, but and the next year's pick and the two picks coming up, if one of them is stud, we get three studs out of um, the number one pick. I, th- I think that's a solid win. That's fair. That's fair. We don't know what Bryce Young is going to become. And I don't know if you followed the dilemma that everything's going out um, and or watched the phenom that is was the second overall pick. Um, but essentially, CJ Stroud was the second overall pick and he's lit up the NFL. And some people are calling for him to be MVP at this point wow, in the I season. Wow, I that. Mm, you know 14 and one I, I, it seems pretty mvp worthy wow. um, um but through eight oh, weeks do you want to talk about do you want to talk about the guy that you just told a bunch of people to bench <laughs> well, what's, okay, what's his not bench not right now bench in a couple weeks to be fair um, but no, no one's benching him. Look for better options if you can. Look that's for better ben, that's options. Called than, that's called benching. That's literally um, called benching. Oh, you know what? Maybe you're saying to drop him completely. That's probably what you mean. Yes. If you're in a league with me, please drop him right now. But CJ Stroud has been lighting it up, and a lot of reports out of Carolina have come out basically disputing who was in charge of the first overall pick because the Carolina Panthers chose Bryce Young over CJ Stroud. And it seems like the owner who is, seems to be very fairly involved in that organization actually laid down the hammer and was the one that made them take Bryce Young, which is, which is very interesting and comical to see where he is. But I understand where you're coming from, Boopin. It looks like it's a slam dunk for the Bears. But the bottom line is we don't know where Bryce Young's career trajectory is going to go. And yes, you can sit here and talk about how DJ Moore is really good player, the best player on the team. But if he comes over here and is the best player on the team for a three-year contract and we don't do anything, does it really matter? I mean, obviously with their number one pick next year, we could literally have a transformation of this organization depending on how things go next year with our top, seemingly two top five picks. So I can see how you think it's a slam dunk, but at the end of the day, Bryce Young could turn it around. So as of now, you can say it looks like the Bears have this in the bag because Bryce Young almost looks like a bust and possibly the third best quarterback in that draft after Anthony Richardson and CJ Stroud. But it's just tough. I I figure it out, boys. You know why we watch this game? We root for both teams to lose. No, dude, you root for both teams to tie. That's the correct answer. Tie. Sorry, Um, tie. I want to bring something up. Oh, go ahead. 
No, no, because like regardless, I think one of the teams will go to first overall. I think Carolina. No, I don't. I, I've gotten to the point where I don't think that's going to happen. Yeah. Uh, for go ahead, Chris. I don't want to so drag this. I just, I just want to bring direction. in two points that has nothing to do with the games, but you know, I've been on my Reddit era these last couple, these last couple days. Do you want to hear the two interesting points that have been brought up to me about the Bears? About what? Here we go. You ready? The Chicago Bears traded Khalil Mack for a second round pick. I was at then least traded. Hold on, hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Then traded a better second round pick for Montez Sweat. They could have kept Mac for twenty three and a half oh, mil a this. year. I read this. Instead, they chose to pay Sweat twenty four and a half. Montez Sweat has six and a half sacks this year. Khalil Mack has six in one game. <laughs> I mean, why people are stuck on this? Are Why people done? are stuck on this, I don't know. And then I have one other point regarding well, that's, Tyson Badgett. It's a Badgett. stupid argument, okay? First of all, Khalil Mack is towards the end of his career. Second mm-hmm. of all, I think he has, what, maybe nine and a half sacks total? So that means one game, he had six sacks. The rest, most the majority of the rest of the games, he had zero or one sack. So, I mean, that's not, I mean, yes, it's impactful, but Khalil Mack is at the end of his career. Sweat is about to go into in, in his prime. So mm-hmm. to compare them is fairly stupid, in my opinion. Listen, yeah, I, it was very really clickbaity, and you fell for it. That's all I got to say. Listen, that's what Reddit Bears, is. Bears Reddit is very interesting. That's all and, I can and, say. There's a bunch of GMs that we should hire in there, and there's a bunch of GMs we should definitely fire and never hear from again in that uh, Reddit page. But Well, what's your second um, point? Well, the second point is going to be about stupid. Tyson Badgen because um, it's going to talk a little bit about this game. Uh, there was a question that was given uh, during the presser um, that uh, Iberflus was in there. The question was why Tyson Badgen was asked to play more from the pocket in the second half against the Saints. You're really going to start there with the yes. Iberflus interview? Yes. Did you listen to any of that shit? I did. It was laughable. It was. It was fucking laughable. Here's, Before here's we the get thing. into that, I want to get the highlight of well, Eberflus's awesomeness when he comes out and he states, I want to start off by saying that Tyson Badgen is going to be our starting quarterback and Nathan Peterson, Peterman, is going to be the backup number two. And Justin Fields will not play in this game. Well, coach, so why is Justin Fields listed as doubtful instead of out if he's not going to play? Well, there's still a chance. <laughs> there's still a chance that we don't know what's going to happen in the next 24 hours. <laughs> and it got worse from there. Yeah. Jesus Christ. It so, was awful. So we talked a little bit about, and I don't know, Boopin, if you got a, you had a chance to listen to it, but we were talking. I made up the point that the offense is being designed around the coordinator and not the player itself. Badgent was using his legs the first half and the second half. We didn't really see it. Could there have been more points scored? We don't know because we didn't see a lot of the first uh, in the second half than what we did in the first. So here was the but response I, that. But again, that that's bears every every week, guys. We've seen no, no, this. No, 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 no. There's we there's we make no adjustments. Yeah, we, we've seen we, this every week. Okay, we no, I, from an adjustment standpoint, yes, I understand that part. You're 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 100 correct. But I'm I'm specifically pointing to what I had mentioned before, where this will not be Justin Fields' team, and this team will not adjust to Justin Fields when he's healthy. 
because yeah. we're we're in the mindset of this is what the coordinator wants to do, right? This was Eberflus's response, which I wanted to give you guys kind of for the full floor because you guys Miller knows how I feel about it. But here's the response as to why Badgent was was in the pocket more in the second half and he didn't use his legs. He says, "Quote, you know, it's again about the design of it. You know, it wasn't a reason for that going inside outside the pocket. We were doing what we thought was going to win the football game for us. Again, that's where it is. That's where it is." Again, some of the things in the fourth quarter were really about us, just execution, the execution piece of it. Got to do a better job and protecting the football is number one. And when you do that and we've done that, we've had success as a football team. Success. Let's let's define success. I, I, you and I are going to be on the same point, but what go ahead. It? The floor is yours, guys. Is it like five and 18 at this point? Like, fuck. I mean, Jenkins had a good game. Like, th- that's success, right? I guess you guys want to see wins. I get it. But, like, the O-line probably played his best game. It's just, probably you played. Wiped right over Chris's comment. We're talking about Badgett. We're talking the, about Badgett and the, the offense. offensive line. No, we gave, we gave kudos to I the mean, offensive line. Like, the offensive line was probably the best we've seen. But I, it's just, it's laughable, the responses that Iberflus is giving. He, he's talking out of his ass and it just doesn't make sense to me why he sounds so stupid like just tell the fucking truth like you don't have to sit here and say what tells you the truth brother no 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 let's not start this because we said we said you don't when like why are you gonna sit here and say oh he's listed as doubtful well is he he, gonna play or not he looked like an idiot no no he looked like an idiot today looks like an idiot every time he gets up there like there's a way of phrasing things and doing things that doesn't that doesn't reveal everything, but also doesn't make you sound like a complete idiot. And he okay. just hasn't gotten there. And I don't know uh. if he ever will. And it's just like with this this coordinator situation, it's like it gets back to the fact that the, the Bears don't make adjustments anywhere, like Boopin pointed out. And um, Badgent, one key stat that came out of this game was I believe he was seven for seven for like 120 yards and a touchdown outside the pocket. And they didn't roll him out the same once stat that I did. in the yep. second in the second half. And it's to sit here and say, oh, it's about execution. Yes, it is. Badgett made some errors in the fourth quarter, but they didn't put him in a position. And the bottom line is the defense made adjustments to keep him in the pocket for the most part. But the, the They didn't even Bears have to make count. adjustments. Yeah, the Bears just kept them in there. And... This goes back to, and again, we'll talk about this dog shit game that should have been flexed out, should be sent to fucking Japan for all I care. But I, I the, actually think it might be a shootout. See, both teams are probably bottom out um, on Ruben, the Panthers. This will probably side. be the worst rated game ever watched on Amazon Prime. Doesn't mean it will be the worst game. We better have some pretty shitty games. But that's fair uh, too. No, like so Burns, who's probably the best player. Maybe behind Bryce Young, but Burns is out. C.J. No, Henderson is out. Way ahead of Bryce Young. Um, Henderson is out. Like, like I don't know. Panthers might be playing like kind of like the Bears play, and both teams are already in the bottom half in both offense and defense. I think secretly this might be like a you know twenty eight twenty one thirty one twenty eight game, which I would love to see on Thursday Night Football. I'll give I... you credit for that. Go ahead, Miller. I hope that doesn't happen. I w- what I hope happens is I think the Bears score and I, and they should blow out the Panthers. That's what I think. We are at home, short field, as you pointed out. Their best defensive players out. Most of their secondary is banged up. 
Badgent, although he is our backup quarterback, he should be able to sling the ball at home. He should be able to have better control of the offense because he's not dealing with the noise factor that he did with in New Orleans. So I expect a pretty decent game. I will be putting money on several things involving Badgent tomorrow. So we'll see. I, I think I Campbell think the Bears should score points. I expect them to score over 24, which should be able to get them the victory. So let's get right into it then. Um, last week, we all predicted that New Orleans would lose. Um, Miller's prediction so far... Um, you predicted that New Orleans should lose? Or I'm we sorry, that we would lose, lose against New Orleans. Orleans. Sorry, okay. that we would lose in New Orleans. Sorry, I was reading ahead. Um, Miller has six correct predictions. Boopin has four. I have five. So, Miller, starting off with you, we you had previously put in our on our previous episode that they would win. Do you feel the same way? Yes. Yes, you feel so you the and what's your score prediction? Twenty seven. 20. Interesting. Okay. Boopin, you also predicted previously that the Bears would win. How do you feel about this game? W still? Wow. Well, I'm going to kick you homers out of the bus. The Bears are going to lose this game. They're going to lose decisively. Oh, uh, because damn. the home crowd is not going to be happy. The home crowd how? is not going to be happy. Explain. I, I don't see how they lose decisively. No, you know, no, no. Explain why the home crowd is not going to be happy. Uh, when the Bears go three and out in the first series, the boos are going to come in. I don't and, think so. Oh, I... Also, are Bears, Bears usually... has been pretty decent under They Badgett. usually score in the first couple of drives. It's the second half we suck, but go on. Yeah, I, I feel like that this is going to be the game that the fans turn on the team. It's a Thursday night game. It's all eyes yeah, on them mean, again. You are very much correct that this could be a game that gets out of hand and the Boo Birds come out. I just yep. don't think it's going to be right off the bat because I don't think Carolina's offense is good enough to put us away that quickly. And I think our offense can move the ball because Badgett has shown that he can move the ball. He's done it. I think it. Badgett offense- has shown that... He- Sorry, Miller. I don't mean to keep cutting you off. I don't do it intentionally. I Because you and I are kind of in agreement that when Badgen is moving and we see like Mooney get some touches and we see um, Komet get his touches, like we definitely see the movement there. My thing is though, is Badgen going to be out of the pocket? And if we saw what we saw the second half with New Orleans, I just don't see it. Um, I think the Bears are going to try to be more in the pocket because they felt that the line was a lot better that they could probably hold um, a lot of the, the Panthers players. But that's just my thing. I think the Bears are going to get walloped 31 to 10 or 31 to 17. Um, Holy fuck. If that yeah. happens, fire ever flus on the spot. That's what I'm saying. I think this is, given what we've seen in, in, in the pressers, given the information that we've been seeing from, given the conversations I've had with Miller, this is not an exciting game. I rem- I would remember being excited, even though our team was dog shit and our, or we were on the up, but we were losing games like last year. Like It was exciting to watch the team. But I just don't. I. It's a Thursday night game, and it's like. I don't know. It's kind. I'm getting the same feels that I got for Washington. That we won. Okay, but um, I just don't see it your way. The bottom line is the Panthers have one of the worst rushing defenses in the league. I think, 
even though they're probably going to bring Herbert back and give him some touches, I think Foreman should eat again like he has over the last few games. Also, Herbert is back. I just said that. Oh, sorry. Literally. I I, I heard Foreman. I didn't hear Herbert. I'm sorry. I said he's going to get touches even though I don't want him to. Um, But I think Foreman's going to eat. He's going to have a really good game. I think that's going to help Badgent. It's going to make him more comfortable. Foreman, Foreman revenge game. Foreman and DJ Moore. DJ Moore revenge game. Those may also be part of the parlay that I will be making. (laughs) But I don't know. um, I just, I just don't feel. I, I don't like. One thing that I don't like about the presser that is giving me the feelings for this game is that instead of learning from your mistakes and seeing that Badgent played better out of the pocket, you're doubling down in not doing that. I would have preferred him to say, hey, you know what? Yeah, we read that wrong. Uh, we need to use his legs or we need to do something. But kind of what Miller said, there's just a lot that I didn't like of the presser. And I think... look at I, If you want bad presser, look at Robert Sala talking about Zach Wilson. I had no issues with that. I had no issues with that. How he's still the starter and how he had a good game. and Who's the backup for the Jets? Not Mike guy that he's in not mike white anymore trevor no. simeon do you really think he's gonna go up there on the podium and say yeah we're gonna bench wilson for the better backup of simeon i i, I don't know if he can be any worse did you watch the but game on yeah on... i did but oh you can't God. say that it's just him too like like that old line played really bad i i thank I'll you give him... and, but and like that, say that say that say yeah but you're not gonna here's the thing that it's the thing with pressers again there are certain things you should say. There are certain things you shouldn't say. I'm fine with how he responded because just like in any way, shape or form, you can't go up there and say, yeah, you know what? We're seeing a lot from Simeon. Like, I think he can like be better than Wilson. And then if Simeon plays like shit and then you decide to bring back Wilson, you're going to look like an idiot anyway. So I, in comparison of the two coaches, I feel better than with what the Jets coach did than what Floos did. I, I disagree. I, I feel like that situation handled way worse than I guess Flu said a lot of dumb things and probably should look into how, but it's just tough. You're asking you're getting asked really tough questions and a lot of these people don't know what to say or say the wrong thing often. So that, that yeah, would... I mean I get what you're saying there, but they're tough questions, but they're not unexpected hard. questions. Yeah, they're not yeah. hard. Like these are questions he should understand. <laughs> what he's going to say before he steps to the podium. That's what she said. But can we agree, <laughs> though, that for the Jets, at least, they would Our not be in this position. Well, I, this is what I was going to say. They would not be in this position if Rodgers doesn't get hurt week one. Like, yeah. You're sure. already... Uh, the thing with, with um, Fields, it's a different injury. You know he's coming back. Like The oh. Jets are trying to stay afloat so that in case Rodgers comes back, He's still the number one, so it's. I like, mean, it wouldn't. To Chris's matter. point: Zach Wilson has led them to what? What are they four and five? Mm-hmm. No one would have expected that. Yeah. So you have to stick with him, and you have to show yeah. him confidence. I, I know has, he hasn't been great. Has and I know he, he's not winning games. I but know guess that's what, what I'm you're four he, and five. You're four and five with Zach Wilson. Okay, they won the first game in special teams. Sorry, this is becoming a Jets podcast. Yeah, I don't know why we're talking about this. But I mean, like, the bottom line is he's four and five. I don't care. 
I, I don't remember the victories, but okay, that that's not a They're problem. They're four either. and five with four him. Five. No one would have expected hey. them to be around 500 with him. One last suggestion, and then we can sign off. If suggestion. we get the uh, prediction spot on, can you get an extra point? No. Is that okay? No. Oh, fuck you no. all. I want to catch up. <laughs> Listen, well, it's, pretty obvious, it's pretty obvious that me and Miller are the better Bear fans when we know their wins and losses. You'll catch up there eventually. So I'm the best Bears fan, is what you're telling me. Just no, like I'm the best, the best homer. soccer fan. You're the yes, best homer. I'm getting all of the greatest fan achievements. On that positive, positive note, we are signing off. Thank you for listening. We hope that you would hit the like and subscribe button. Keep that feedback coming. We appreciate it so much. Maybe someday in the near future, we can bring you some positivity. But until then, suffer in this misery together. On that positive note, good night. Bye-bye.